Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Politics in the Pulpit, a lecturing-based preaching resource designed to ask the provocative question of whether, and if so, how, politics should appear in our preaching this week. My name is Beth Alison Glennie, I'm a Baptist minister and I'm working as the Baptist Union of Great Britain's Public Issues Enabler. Each week I'm, guest, I'm joined by a guest from a different place or space on the political and pulpit style of landscape. Today I'm really pleased to introduce the Reverend Tim Haynes. Tim is a pioneer community worker and hopefully he's going to appear on the screen in just a moment. Um, from Bidwell, West Bedfordshire, is that right? Have I, oh, Bidwell, Bidwell West in yep. Bedfordshire. No, That's got, correct. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, it's really, really great to have you, Tim. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Um, thank you for joining us today. And um, I, so I know you, Tim. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, tell everybody else that we we've met before, just a few mm -hmm. times, um, yeah. in the kind of small Baptist world that is. But um, I know you're in a bit more of a a different context at the moment, a bit more ecumenical. I just wonder if you wanna. Just introduce yourself a little bit and kind of tell us about your context. Sure, yeah, so it's great to be here. Um, for the last seven and a bit years, um, I was the pastor of a Baptist church in the northwest of England. And then about a month ago now, just over, moved down to Bedfordshire. And I am now working for a charity that's called uh, Houghton Regis Community Development Charity. Uh, we like big names here, it seems. Um, and uh, I'm working on this estate called Bidwell West, uh, which is a a new housing estate of about just under 2,000 houses that are being built and the purpose of my role as the pioneer community worker is to build community, to work in partnership with residents that are here and the local churches and other community stakeholders and to shape what it means to be a community in this space and uh, championing things of justice and equality and health and just being a vibrant place as well. So that's kind of what I'm up to. Brilliant. Well, um, I wonder if, why politics? I mean, I, I invited you on. Um, in fact, I've, I think you were really keen to come on, I remember. So um, I wanted to, what, what is it for you that, that drives you into this this conversation? <laughs> sure, I might regret of being keen to have come on like, by the end <laughs> of this, and other people might be like, why is he here? Um, but but actually, for me, part of the, the reason is that actually, I think historically we have been reluctant to read the politic narrative that is in scripture and um, one of the things I'm currently studying is as a course with the International Baptist Theological Seminary um, in human rights freedom of religion and belief and and that's really interesting it's, it's a fascinating subject area and um, students from all across Europe who are doing that but the reason I'm fascinated is that actually, as we look around human rights and we look at freedom of religion and belief um, globally, but actually particularly around Europe and in the UK, I think that the church's um, lack of engagement within, with scripture as a political text as well has created a vacuum where those, that there is a space that can then be filled that, that causes uh, politics that becomes Christian nationalistic and all this idea where actually we would say that's not biblical and that's not there and i think that if we are more keen and more eager to address some of those issues and talk about it in the pulpit then we might see the the christian faith not used in such a way as as a tool for division uh, as we often sometimes sometimes see um in, in more populist um kind of politics 
You're obviously doing lots of work around new housing and um, there's been a lot coming out from churches around new housing yeah. development and uh, kind of our role in helping build community, which obviously you are you are literally doing. Um, right. I just wonder, how do you think kind of politics connects to that kind of um, stuff around evangelism and kind of new mm. housing and emerging community? And, and is there stuff there that you think, uh, yeah, this this is helpful or, or not helpful? I mean, where, right. how do you see it? Um, so I think that one of the first things I'll say is that I'm, I'm learning on the job. Like this is new for me and still working it out. Um, I think one of the things that always happens when a new community is, is built is that before the first residents move on, there is so much history within that place. So generally speaking, more often than not, the buildings are happening on, on green spaces that people do not want to lose. And, and there's a big deal there. So actually, how do we as Christians who are in these areas talk about uh, creation care and talking about how we look after when you yourself are living in a place that was built on habitat that has been taken, actually. So there's that whole issue around politics, how we do that. But also just this sense of a new community arriving. And often, although there might be real positives from that, for an established community, that can feel almost like a threat um, and, and an issue of like, well, how do we integrate and how does that look? And so I think that, that politically, the, the, the area around new housing and this whole agenda that's there is, and which is a championed here, actually, I would say, is that it's the local church that created this charity to help address some of these things from years and years ago. So this narrative, this story of, of having someone here, it, it's not just started a month ago when I arrived. You know, the church has been talking about this for 14 years since the moment mm -hmm. that it became aware that there would probably be building on this land and so actually as a result of that key people have been in conversations with planning and with uh, local governments and all of that to express to say well these are the things that need to be present and to be there and so we talk about equality the access to, to good homes the quality of of what community provision is there and so i think that that's where politics and new housing is and it's not just when the houses start but it's actually in the journey way before that so that what is built is positive experience for all those not just residents moving in we've um we're it's really interesting because we're, we're kind of in the opposite role where we are um i'm based in uh we're around three churches that here just locally um where we've got like new housing being built all over the place and and we're kind of part of the the welcome and it's this mm. idea that actually yeah historically you know um new new housing is not always welcome with open arms but just kind of really small things sometimes but the, the church can offer into the conversation Absolutely. like as simple as do you know it'd be really helpful if there was a footpath <laughs> that would link that bit to this bit yeah. and um and you know so we're, we're kind of the community turning up with the cakes at the moment as mm -hmm. well and kind of amazing do that stuff um but it's, it's so interesting to kind of hear from like kind of mm -hmm. from the opposite kind of perspective in the same sort of way um sure. yeah so good um so I um I wonder if there anything is anything kind of politically justice wise that you kind of been listening into thinking about that you you'd want to bring out this week um you don't have there might not be <laughs> but it might be something that you've kind of caught your passion mm. from your perspective um so I think just first thing you mentioned about what I'm studying around human rights at the moment well the 46th um regular session of the human rights council um are meeting at the moment um, or depending on when this goes out um, this week. So um, they were meeting until the 23rd of March. And that's you know, a really key point where a lot of things are being discussed generally around human rights, but including within that about freedom of religion and belief. So I think that's just on my radar, um, aware of what's coming from that. And, and it's interesting, I think, how um, 
that hasn't been publicly put in, that is not front and center on politics or front and center on our news channels at the moment. Um, but it feels like quite a significant thing to be aware of. Um, at the moment, there's a lot of stuff going on around uh, the around uh, protest and and the ability to to be able to speak and to have that public space to do so, and changes um, to the well, in the bill to the changes in law about what that might look like, and and we'll probably come into that a little bit more when we come to to the biblical text in a little bit. Um, and then I think just the third thing is around um, access to to vaccines and how that looks like. Um, we're seeing it currently, you know this. discussion argument however you want to put it uh, around the UK and and Europe but actually that's just a a really small snapshot of about the equality of the distribution of vaccines globally um, and actually how do we play a part in that so those are the three things that I'm aware of at the moment yeah thank you they're really really informed answers um yeah i think um we've also been aware of of those and i think a couple of other things i would add to that is um the integrated review um results published in is called uh, global britain in a competitive age um which is the review of security defense defense development and foreign policy which has seen um the nuclear weapons stockpile mm-hmm. increase and international aid being slashed we hope yeah. temporarily Yes. Um, uh, we will be campaigning on that one. Yeah. Um, and then asylum reform um, proposals are also expected to be out soon um, with offshore processing centres and kind of um, so just to kind of make you aware of those things. Um, um, we've also got um, on a kind of JPIT kind of agenda and just going to push my push it a little. Um, we're going to have a, a day of prayer and action for Reset the Debt, which is our work campaigning on a jubilee um, for all the um, all of those who've, who've ended up in debt over COVID. And um, we're working with lots and lots of partner organisations to really um, see if we can create a, a real change in our lifeline for, for people. Um, and there'll be a day of prayer on Friday for that and, and particularly a prayer broadcast in the middle of the day um and other things going out about that so just to kind of really encourage people just to tune in um it's a time where people feel pretty low on energy you know it's lockdown life it's hard but this is meant to be something that um we're not expecting lots and lots of people uh to kind of yeah lots of people sorry not but we are expecting lots and lots of people <laughs> but not to expect lots of people they, we know that times you know it's been it's been tricky everybody's feeling a bit wrung out and this is meant to be actually about saying here putting the worlds to right might help mm-hmm. a little um a little in finding kind of some of that energy in that joy yeah. again so um so those those are things that i kind of want to flag from a jpit hat uh but we've we've done our kind of we've thought about the news we've thought about the world we live in um and we've got some bible passages now um sure, sure. When, when we talked about this you really really keen for palm sunday uh, <laughs> <laughs> me on this like <laughs> i think you described it as um something like as a, a bit of always up for a bit of street uh street-based performance art or something i think was your phrase is that is yeah. that right um, so i think the phrase i use is um politically politically infused street art or street theater yeah. which is how i understand yeah anyway <laughs> so um so we and then we looked up because we're um, we're baptists so we sit loose to the lectionary and um <laughs> <laughs> even if you're now 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 funded by methodism as well um sure. we, we looked it up and we, we were like but it's passion tide as well this week so we have a choice of two readings um we could go with uh the whole of mark 15 uh, and the passion tide readings or you could use the liturgy of the palms um and so what we decided we're 
kind of going to do a little bit, I think, is really concentrate on Palm Sunday, uh, the Palm Palm Liturgy, because mostly um, in our my experience certainly has been that um, if you're reading the Passion readings, they're so long you don't preach on the Passion readings, you just use them as, in fact, a piece of street theatre usually. Um, so we're kind of going to look at the uh, the Mark 11 reading more in depth than we are the others. Um, and uh, and kind of focus there, partly because we think that, that probably sets up really for understanding as well, kind of where we're going, to, where people would be going into Mark 15 as well. So actually, yeah. they're kind of it's it's a similar conversation. They think sure. the the same thinking will apply over. Um, so that's that's where we, that's where we're going. Just to kind of explain to all, all of you who are watching and <laughs> listening this week what we're thinking about and why you're thinking. Oh, the reading I've got may be slightly different. Um, so so. Why this one? What what grabbed you? Is there a theme, a story, an idea? What what part of this captures you, um, Tim? Yeah. So as I was reading this passage, but also in the, in the Philippians text from from today, um, the, the sense of of liberation uh, really shouted out to me. And maybe as we kind of read the text, it might not be the obvious there because it sort of seems more like celebration. Um, I know growing up in the church where, you know, Palm Sunday was just an excuse for the kids to make noise and throw things and, and all that kind of stuff. But actually the the story of, of what is going on here um, is so politically motivated. And, and not to say that that's exclusively what's happening there. You know, there was you know, arguably around the fulfillment of prophecy and things like that, but actually the statement within that of what's happening is such a political political thing. Um, so I would say actually the liberation of people because um, I think actually when you kind of begin to go back and look at what's been going on, um, really just since, since all the all of scripture for me, uh, it is talking about the, the liberation of people. And it's coming back to what I was saying earlier about how we read scripture to see what that looks like. And I think, you know, we see it in the, the narrative around Exodus and what's going on there, but actually I think we see the beginning of this, of this story uh, here in, in, in the entry into Jerusalem, the, the Palm Sunday narrative, and then what is about to come. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mark is such a political gospel. I find it hard mm. to, um, to ignore this hugely kind of social yeah. subversive message that it brings. I think um, we miss something. I think for me, it's, it's not just, it's about saying that um, this idea that we divide up kind of theology over here and salvation story, kind yeah. of what you think doctrinally and kind of this kind of political kind of subversive yeah. narrative is to, is to do something that wasn't there then that actually mm. um you know it was so connected this idea that there was at the time kind of this mix of theology and social order um and and that actually we kind of need to understand that 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 was there in that text and um, mm -hmm. i've got um, the idea that actually um you know there was no such distinction that augustus for example has been seen as the son of god and inscriptions refer to him as the son of god um and lord and savior and the one who brought peace on earth so Pilate mm -hmm. is set up then as as not only a rival in terms of kind of a rival king or, you know compared to the messiah but also this kind of rival theology that um mm -hmm. and there's this kind of embeddedness this conversation of how is the temple embedded in the social order and and used in order to kind of really yeah. um maintain the social order so when we're kind of talking the whole way through talking about temples talking about high priests well actually these are people who are 
um, implicated in the Roman Empire at the time. And, and actually to miss this is to miss part of what Jesus is doing yeah. in, in, in this street sure. theatre. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And, and actually reading the, the whole of Passion Tide and, and that text through the eyes of what I've been looking and studying academically around freedom of religion and belief, uh, you actually begin to think like, actually, if you were to do a case study on um, violations of freedom of religion and belief on the Roman context and the context where Jesus is in, like there are so many, <laughs> like the violations of what you would be there would say, actually, you know, the, the influence of states on faith and religion practices, the appointment of religious leaders, um, all of these sort of areas there, the restrictions on how they can worship, where they can worship, when. Um, actually, there's so many things there that we, you know, if this was happening today, and it is happening in, in states today, that we would have huge concerns and we'd be talking about. And I think if we don't necessarily recognise that going on in the context, we miss the power of what Jesus does as he comes in um, into Jerusalem in those, in those images. So... Um... I don't know about you, but I um I reached to kind of cross and borgs the last week in this moment. Um, yep. I think it's just the one that really expands that out. And I think for yes. both passion tide texts and for the mm -hmm. texts, this is this is the one to pick up and, and run yep. it's a really accessible book as well. Um so I would just kind of I've got it here. I'm gonna wave it onto the screen. Yep. Um and just to say to people that this is the one that I would say if you've got um if you've got a, te a text that you'd like to kind of think help think about how we do we impact the connection of salvation mm -hmm. to something yeah. much more social and political this is a nice one to begin with um, absolutely and oops taking things out in my office at the same time <laughs> I just waving it around like with palm leaves um and um and I think um yeah that's kind of so and they really set up don't they that kind of um along with uh kind of Myers and and Vachin and others um this idea that um there's 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 something about the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem in this particular way that is is trying to say something political that um mm -hmm. that, that at the time the whole of Mark's gospel has been focused towards Jerusalem yeah. uh, and this whole language of Jesus being the way and they are on the way to Jerusalem and you're kind of the whole idea is this is the pinnacle there's something going to be happening here if mm -hmm. Jesus is the Messiah then you know which is this kind of national leader something is about to happen mm -hmm. uh, only what happens is perhaps not quite what people were expecting um right. so he turns up and he's you know he's uh He's on a cult, um, coming in from a particular direction and really keen that we know the route he's coming from, which I always think is is interesting. Um, I don't know if you want to carry on, Tim. I'm, I'm kind of sure. <laughs> I could preach. <laughs> yeah, sorry, and, and this is the risk, isn't it? Because actually, as we begin to do it, it's like, and there's this, and then there's this, and there's, and, and I think that actually, as we look at preaching these texts, um, I'm, you know, I've, I've probably preached on, on Palm Sunday every Sunday that I've been a minister. So, um, I can't, you know, in that sense. But I know the challenge can often be of looking and being kind of overwhelmed by the imagery and the pictures of what's going on here and finding, well, what what's the key part to find where, where to do that? And so I think maybe even today as we talk about this, it might be kind of putting an example about, you know, how, how that can happen. Um, it, it, you mentioning about Crossan and Borg, um, what I loved about in, the, in their book is how they make this case about, although this is like a peculiar moment that's going on, this celebration, of Jesus and then that entry, um, but actually as well, it being this counter procession. So the idea that historically we know that around Passover, that it was it's not unusual for the military processions to be happening to reinforce this statement of 
you know, we are the political rulers, we have the, the imposing, you know, sense. And so that would have been happening, if not at that time, around that sort of time. So the imagery of, of procession and that happening is not unusual. Um, but actually what is unusual is the way that Jesus' followers, as they come in and Jesus himself, in the imagery of what is being used and all those things, actually is celebrating their weakness. So whereas the Roman and the other political statements are all about might and power, that actually everything in here is about our humility, about our weakness, our poverty, uh, in the use of things that are being used to honour the things that could be just found around the coats that they've got. So all of that is around, um, is a celebration of, of identity, actually, and, and not trying to compete with what was there, but to actually embrace of, of who they were. And that they're not, de- in doing so, not denying the mm. poverty that's there um, and not trying to be that which they are not. Um, and instead using the imagery and the models that are there in society to pull that out and to challenge it. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So they're coming from this east gate um, rather than the kind of the side that would have connected to the ports and the sea where the wealth yeah. was, where the, the Romans had their palaces and they had brought in their well, bringing in their reinforcements from as this counter procession of this kind of um yeah on a donkey you know so with all yes. of the all of this language of this mm-hmm. cult that um mm-hmm. comes really really strongly out of the old testament doesn't it um mm-hmm. yeah. and kind of so this is Zechariah and kind of this um coming humble and riding on a cult and it's such a contrast to Pilate who will have been mm-hmm. ter- turning up you know the big military procession kind of war horses and Mm -hmm. um and so there's this alternative you know different get different story thing going on um yeah yeah. i also and i go for it so i was gonna say but also just the 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 laying up of that shows how intentional this isn't you know an accidental occurrence and that's why i use the idea of street art i've used the illustration of flash mob you know this (laughs) idea that that Jesus is intentional. He sends his disciples out to find the cult. It, you know, it's not as if that's all they could find. Um, and the idea of the imagery of what's going on here, every single thing is staged and intentional with a reason for happening there. Um, I, I mean, context of, of what's going on today, I, I asked myself the question earlier that if the, the police crime sentencing bill went through, if, if that was a po- uh, around would Jesus have been arrested um and and I wonder actually as we look with the power of protest um really that's what's happening here this is a form of political protest that's happening and and how do we feel comfortable about that as Christians um mm-hmm. and where do we find the space for protest and making a stand um as well so yeah and um I think it's interesting that they cut um they cut the straw um or the palm leaves and it um there's this kind of so um i think i'm just trying to get the get the exact wording from my bible here um and they spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields is how the nrsv translates it mm-hmm. um, and this idea that these kind of these cut palms these branches this 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 field collected thing is so agricultural it's so rural mm-hmm. um it's not wealthy and and you know they've got these and and are they um are they there because um actually maybe even as weapons you know actually there might be the only things they have to defend themselves this is a question that Myers asks and um and he says you know this is a really anti-urban elite bias that that Mm -hmm. Mark's got he's not a fan of these kind of city dwelling elites this is all about the rural the rural poor and I think 
Um, yeah. I think that's really interesting. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, peasants brandishing the only gifts they've got, things that they can hack down from the, the local mm -hmm. fields, yeah. uh, their own cloaks, you know, mm -hmm. this costly. Uh, yeah. I, I happened to be watching at the moment. Um, I, I never watched it when it first came out, but I've started from the beginning of watching Poldark. Um, and I don't know if anyone's watched it, but it's, it's all right. It's pretty good. Uh, I mean, coming from the Southwest, there might be this little sense of, oh, that's home. Um, but um, but actually, there's. That's why most people watch Poldark. <laughs> Uh, maybe not, but that's why I'm watching it. That's uh, uh, anyway. But but what's interesting is there are in, the, in some of the episodes this the imagery of the local people rising up against the political and the wealthy and the landowners. And um, there's an episode that, that I was watching this week, and I'm watching it. And I'm thinking, like, I'm obviously not in that context, but that's what's going on here. That's the same idea that people who have felt that they have been oppressed for so long, all it took was for one person to give them a voice and to have a platform and people rose up and began to speak um, and I, yeah and I think it's interesting isn't it that this is Mark is writing this at a time where revolt is is, is everything is being talked about with the Jewish yeah. revolt and then and then we've had um you know it's written with the back historical background of, of revolt that's gone before as well so there's there's always been a, hor a horrible suppression that's happened in that space mm -hmm. already yes. so actually there's this kind of context of this has already happened in Jesus's lifetime um and then we're going to see this happen again by the time the gospel is written down and then actually you know in the middle of all of this who is Jesus what is mm. what is this revolt look like because yeah. Um, he's starting to be set up as this very different character, isn't he? Even mm -hmm. to the other revolters. So we we will eventually get to this the narrative in the passion reading of um, Barabbas could be um, freed. Um, oh, you know, we want him. He's the proper one. You know, he's the proper revolt revolter, if you like. Mm -hmm. We want yep. that kind of. We want that kind of rebellion. We don't want mm -hmm. this Jesus kind of re rebellion, which is looking way too different and way too peaceful. Yep. Um, so Jesus is not just being set up against kind of um, you know Pilate and the kind of Roman figures and the high priests and and mm -hmm. their kind of embeddedness, but also against the other people who might lead a political revolt and it's really interesting isn't it there's this kind of what well, this Jesus is different a different right. kind of messiah sure and and you know I know in some of the bibles you know the, the title of this passage is the triumphal entry uh and that and and yes I would probably argue that it's like the triumphal approach because when you read verse 11 you have this whole build up and the build up and build up and then you get to verse 11 it says Jesus entered Jerusalem went into the temple courts looked around everything so it was late left and and it's this sense of well, what like if you were there and you had this happen and like they're in and it's like yeah and Jesus has gone have a bit of like a sightseeing tour and has left and gone and has gone back to where he came from, and and I think that there's something in in this passage as well that that when you then especially in Mark's gospel you look at the events that happen from the rest of of chapter eleven, it you know significant things around the, you know the fig tree and other things that happen there, and so I think we often we can get caught up I think as Christians and particularly in the tradition that you know I've grown up in that I think often we can do the the really exciting processional stuff and it's like yeah that's really great and then we jump through to Easter Sunday and it's like yeah resurrection and we miss the challenge of the political stuff the issues the 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 horror of 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 the of the passion and actually that's probably one of the things I would encourage is that we read that we read the Palm Sunday narrative not with the light of what comes on Easter Sunday but with what comes in the week before that um, and that shapes and influences so much of how we read this. I've, I've got the I've got a note that just says 
the utter anticlimax. You know, it's just this yeah. this kind of, um, you know, he just looks around the power. And what is the power of just looking around and doing mm -hmm. nothing? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, there's this disruption, actually, of this expectation that he would take over the temple and it's just disrupted it. It's mm -hmm. And Jesus is going to keep disrupting. And this, mm -hmm. this kind of anticlimax of that and how frustrating that is. Yes. Um, but actually, you know, how powerful that is, that the kind of this interplay of weakness and power and, and kind of what what's what's there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, yeah. I also wonder the kind of it's interesting that the the kind of the language of the hosannas in there, um, mm -hmm. meaning save, like save now, you know, kind of this this address for kings that would have been there. But, yeah. And the kind of the fickleness of the crowds moving from hosanna uh, okay. to suddenly like, oh, you can you can crucify him because we want we want the kind of the different kind of politics actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's so fast, isn't it? That kind mm -hmm. of of the crowds and how are we as the crowds are we people who experience the kind of disruption of yeah. anti-climax of Jesus right. going mm, no <laughs> we're not going to yeah. do it in power and splendor sure. we're going to do it this other way but but I would also argue in the place where the the illustration of being the people with Jesus changes uh, or challenges slightly for us is that actually since the time of Jesus um, we as Christians far often, far more often in society are now the people occupying the halls of power. Mm -hmm. And so we have the opportunity of saying, well, look, we are in the positions of where the Romans were in so many ways. And what does this then story challenge us in that place? So are we hearing the protests? Are we hearing the voices from the country? Are we hearing uh, the, the cries of injustice in that sense? So I would say it's not just about being with the voices of saying, what kind of, of saviour do we want? But actually what kind of uh, are we hearing the cries for saving as well? Um, and and what does that then look like? How does that influence us? Yeah, and if we look around our templeness, if you like, mm -hmm. you know, what, what needs disruption? What, what actually does, is going to yeah. need that challenge? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of kind of, um, we thought a bit about what the passage says um, and, and kind of thinking a bit about how we preach it. And we've mentioned the kind of, get the kids with the palm branches out and obviously it's going to be a bit of a funny one for quite a lot of churches this this year as as yeah. i expect um uh most churches will still be locked down as some churches in england could if they mm. want to open but i guess you know probably not processing around covid securely and mm. um, and kind of how, how do you think how do we preach this one how do we land this mm. one is there is there anything that you think ah oh, that's that's how we would do it or not and i guess you're in a particularly unique context yeah in a particularly unique context that's bad english sorry <laughs> context <laughs> yeah so this will be my listen before it'll be my first palm sunday where i'm not preaching um for for many many years um and the nature of my role is that i'm not preaching every sunday now um i'm i've invited to, to preach at churches and, I'm, and i love that opportunity and it's a different dynamic um but Often I'm looking at, well, how does my my faith and the way that I preach influence the conversations that I have with residents? Um, how do I shape that? And so often the conversations that we have with people are around, you know, we share the same passions, but we might have different motives or, or reasons for being at that point. And, and I think that as I've been reflecting over this passage this week, you know, how would I bring this home? Well, for me, it is about this sense of, of liberation, I keep coming back to that, but also the balance of power and actually hearing and listening. And, I'm, and I, I think the question I've been asking myself this week as I read this 
is who are the voices that are not heard in the halls of power and and actually maybe it's stretching it too much but the idea that unless we hear those voices in the places of power then are we surprised when the only response they feel there is is protest and so actually how do we hear before those moments happen um, and I think that actually as, as Christians within our own faith communities as well, we have that same challenge. Um, I, I can remember situations where I've experienced people who I felt were quite difficult at times. And was like, why is that? And often, the, the, not always, but often the, the, the difficultness comes from a place of, of feeling um, unable to say it in any other way. And so I would say, how do we bring this passage home and how would I preach this? I would probably talk about the idea the power of protest um but also the idea of actually how do we hear the voices and how do we hear people who are crying out and how do we then call out as people who are now in places of power uh, the injustices that we see um to bring equality yeah how do we get off our war horses and back onto our cults mm. in a nutshell yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. thank you yeah. tim Thank you so much for bringing all of your wisdom and your enthusiasm and your and your thoughtfulness um, today. And I've I've just really I've really appreciated this conversation, and I, I'm really hoping that everybody's tuning in and listening in as they're starting to think about this kind of epic week of 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 preaching or not, yeah. depending on quite what church looks like in this funny lockdown time. Um, that this is something that will just help resource people. And I, I think really thank you for for bringing that. Um, and uh, and thank you to everybody who's tuning in and joining with us and and sharing your thoughts on Twitter. I just encourage you to 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 use the hashtag politics in the pulpit and to and to keep interacting with us. Um, we do as news unfolds, continue to try and reflect sometimes about uh, how how would we now be preaching at the other end of this week? You know, we we record these on Mondays. Um, we kind of think about how that continues. Um, and so we do keep this conversation going. We'd love you to share with each other um, those resources, especially as we're coming into Holy Week and it's a big old, can be a big old service, um, you know, sprint really, isn't it? For, for this Holy Week time, it can kind of really be a big one. So um, yeah, so let's go into this. Um, as we think about how or whether we should preach politics in the pulpit, let's, let's go into this particularly important set of services, this particularly important week uh, with uh, a blessing. May we be anointed with God's spirit as we bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, help people to see the world truthfully and let the oppressed go free. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tim. Thank you.